right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the Steelers preview where we are previewing Daniil Hunter and his upcoming <laughs> impact on the Steelers game. He's the X Factor, like BJ. He is the X Factor. Oh, my. He's going to be the X Factor in the article tomorrow. <laughs> Man. Thanks for tipping me off to that one there, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, nice. uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All so, right. Um, I have David. something I wanted to ask you guys real quick. Yeah, do it. The I'm thinking of main of three main players that were that were called upon for the first time significantly for the first time on Sunday in Akella Witherspoon. Um, you know, he had played a few snaps, but this was his first start with the Steelers. Uh, Montrevis Adams in his first game with the Steelers, and John LeGlue in his only his second week being called up from the Steelers, but his first game action. All three of those came in and played well. Do you think we're jumping the gun too much to expect it all the time right away? Do you think, I mean, how disappointing is it going to be? You know, Think of even Robert Spillane. You know, he came in last year when 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 Devin Bush went out. Then he had the big tackle on Derrick Henry, and then he kind of fell off a little bit. Or, I mean, should should we should we be pumping the brakes on these guys and give them another game to see what they can show before we get too excited? Or or, or what's your thoughts there? Yeah, it is. It's because of the positions they play. That it's mm-hmm. in positions of need. And that, yeah, you need to pump the brakes a little bit. Although I will say that I thought last year Spillane carried out that 2020 season pretty strong. Remember, he had Until to pick he got six. hurt. Right. Yeah. He had to pick six against Baltimore, and then he got hurt, and that changed everything. But he was never the same even this – remember this training camp? We're like, what the heck happened to Robert Spillane? He's like a yeah. shell of himself. If these players could give that type of effort and just get them through this season, and mm-hmm. maybe we as fans need to remember Robert Spillane after the season and say it's no guarantee that this player is going to be – what mm-hmm. we think they're going to be next season. But I definitely, with Akella Witherspoon, need to see it more than once. Everywhere he's gone, they said consistency is the main problem. He will look like one mm-hmm. of the best cornerbacks in the league one week and look like he's never played the position before the next. And that's a big problem. LeGlue, I don't even know what to think. That, that To me, that guy just reads farts in a skillet, but you never know <laughs> um, with him uh, because... Is that was that Feetner or was that uh that was Feetner? Yeah, of course that was Feetner. That was, to me, that was Feetner trying to be Butler. <laughs> you don't you never heard of that, Brian? What kind of cookbook do you all have? <laughs> uh, it was during a press conference last year. No, he seriously. It was I felt like he was trying to be cool, you know, as, as cool say cool phrases like Keith Butler and he, and he failed yeah, miserably. And he failed. But so <laughs> Laglu, I hope he sticks. I hope he's the next yeah. Matt Tyler, the next Ramon Foster, someone like so that. Going Brian. Sticks. Yeah. So, but so. you also have to remember he went into that game thinking what might have happened the week before, and that is zero snaps. That you're just the eighth guy in case he. Well, he was the next guy on the interior and played so much. Now he's got to. I, I talked about this a little bit on Stat Geek. He now he's got to have the pressure of walking into the stadium knowing that he's going on the field. I think sometimes it's a little bit like they say with a backup quarterback. Sometimes when you don't have to think about your, your game plan and you're just thrown in and you got to run out there and do the job, you go out and do the job. And he sure did do the job. I would love nothing more to see him give just as good, if not a better performance this week, knowing what's ahead of him when he goes into it. But we'll see tomorrow night. Well, real quick before we throw it to Brian, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm saying to John LeGlue, uh or – uh, Adams, whatever his first name is, I can never remember for some reason. Mart, Mart, is it Mart Tra- Montrevious? Montrevious. I think. There you go. Montrevious. Montrevious. 
Nails. <laughs> so, Davis. Montrevious Hartman. Next Hartman. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I will name our, our next child. So uh, those two players, I would felt like telling like, hey guys, you are playing with house money right now. Like no one expected you to be here. No one has really any grand expectations, even after the first game. Just go out and play your best football. Just do the best you can. Don't put pressure on yourselves. My goodness, that, that's a, the worst thing you could do. But Brian, to answer Dave's question, I'd love to hear what you think. You know, the thing with a guy like LeGlue is he's reminding a lot of us right now of a young Alejandro Villanueva because of his size or Matt Filer when you did not expect anything out of any of these guys. And next thing you know, as things, then they had a breakout game where there was protection and things seemed good. And the next thing you know, he's in there for 16 weeks in a row. Um, and you're like, all right, we, we've got something. We've seen the Steelers take a lot of undrafted free agents and guys that have never been drafted and turn them into very important parts of this team. Uh, big, uh, the big ragu is one guy, Ramon Foster, that I would I would definitely say was one of those guys that had he came in came a camp he had to keep on fighting and and fighting and move up the depth chart and next thing you know you couldn't take him out of there so that's what you're hoping with a guy like Leglu and and Steeler fans are going to think that way because we've seen it happen before corners you know we haven't seen that as much so with a guy like that, Montrevis Adams is another guy that, you know, in the trenches, those hungry guys could really uh, stick around as well. Because we've seen guys, I mean, gosh, Ray Seals was a guy that never, he was a defensive lineman. He never went to college. I mean, for that matter. And he had a really good career. You've got guys like Donald Evans that you didn't expect too much of and you put them in there and they're starting on Super Bowl teams. So I I really like what they have in those guys. I would expect if if I were to take two of three that I thought that were going to be better um than the third, I would I would trust more LeGlue and Adams than what we've seen out of uh Akello Witherspoon. But I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping for Akello. All right, Sean Manahan gave us $5. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. He said some, some breaking down film compare Adams to Gravedigger. He's talking about Javon Hargrave. Uh, I will say that tomorrow, uh, Thursday, game day, or in the morning, you can check out Jeffrey Benedict's film room on Montravius Adams. And there are, I wouldn't say there's a ton of similarities between the two. Jay Wobble is a different build, but Montravius Adams has a great jump off the ball. Um, and, and Jeffrey does a great job. He doesn't get pushed around. No, he can take up more than one blocker. Like that's one of the primary jobs of a nose tackle is to just really occupy two uh, that allows someone like Bush Schober to flow a little bit better. So check that out at behind the Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You all ready for a little over under game? Oh yeah. I, I went outside the box today. Okay. So Ooh. there's some, there's some usual ones, but I went outside the box. Let's start with a little BTR Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger attempts in this game, just attempts 38 and a half, 38 and a half, Brian over under slightly over with the 40. Ooh. Okay. Dave over under 38 and a half. I'm going to go slightly under with 38. Ooh. He would, I, I called the under last week and I was right. So. Yeah, I'm going to go under with like 35. I think okay. it's going to be a lot lower. 
Najee Harris rushing yards, total rushing yards, not total yards, just rushing yards. 85 and a half. Brian Anthony Davis over under. Well, with uh, Daniel Hunter hurting, uh, <laughs> Najee Harris should be <laughs> should be able to get the best the best out of a uh, hunter and uh, probably uh, make him seem like he's not even there. So what, what we'll say is Najee, I, I, it's prime time. I'm giving him a hundred yard game on prime time. This is tough. Cause I hadn't gotten the, I hadn't gotten to listen to the stat geek where Dave always breaks down their <laughs> rankings and stuff. So that always helps me with the over under. I have not heard it cause it's not only Wednesday Dave, so you're probably going to tell me they average like 120 yards defense, and so this number is really low. But go ahead. What? What? How much the? Uh, how I much the Vikings eight, surrender? What they average giving up on the ground? Yeah, rush defense. How about 131.5? You, I would have gone higher. All right, but I, I'm going to stick with 85 yeah. and a half because that's 85 what I and a half. I'm I'm, I'm going to go over this time. Yeah. I, I just have to bring up something. I'm yeah. very frustrated with one Brian Anthony Davis. Oh boy. Who goes to Heinz Field, pays that much for a drink, and doesn't use the little sticker to get your free refill? It's still on your freaking cup. Take a look at it. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to fight now. Because when I went to oh, the you, Buffalo oh, game. Where did you steal that cup? At the end when of the I game, went to the like Buffalo game and everybody's found out, Jeff's like, I mean, excuse me, Dave said, hey, let's go take all the cups around us. So I've got like 14 of these babies from last <laughs> okay, week. Okay, so that's what it's from? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't do it. The people in your 122 club didn't do it, Dave. Uh, okay, gotcha. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> For those that are listening on podcasts that uh, completely missed all that, uh, Brian is drinking in a cup <laughs> that clearly came from Heinz Field that clearly has some type of sticker on it that indicates you can get a free refill. And whoever he had didn't said wash cup, when he got home, whoever oh, had I said sterilized cup. the heck out of it. My wife. <laughs> All right. So you said over Dave, I'm over. going over. All right. I'm going to go over as well, but not by much. I think he's he, 90. I think 90 is the number. Here's an interesting one. Benny Snell carries. Okay. The amount of times that Benny Snell gets the ball and not, not, and this is not touches carries four and a half. Brian Anthony Davis over under. I'm going to say under, but I'm actually going to say three or four. So he's okay. he's going to get the ball, but they, they don't want to, they're not going to go completely away from uh, Najee Harris. It, it's kind of like, remember when you were a kid and you were looking at batting averages of guys and you're like, wow, he's got a great batting average. He's like 375. And you see that he's only uh, been up to bat 11 times, 11 times. you know, <laughs> so it, it's kind of like that the, the guy's great but he's more of a pinch hitter i mean he's a great pinch hitter so i'm not saying bell um snell what's his name snell or something um i'm not saying benny snell football is great i was talking about the pinch hitter but what i'm saying is no, man he made me proud in that game I, I was really happy to see him he needed that because so at, on your yes because when i was at this game when i stole this cup <laughs> I I wasn't trying to make anybody laugh, but the they threw to him the first time his first touch was through and he dropped the ball and I just exclaimed and I, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing it out loud. I just said, Why is this guy on the team? And then everyone starts laughing, and I'm like, Oh, that was out loud. I don't want to be that guy. But there's so many weeks we've said, Why is this guy on the team? And last week we're like, Okay, you get a hat. All right, Dave, that's four and a half carries Benny Snell. 
I, you, you're really good at picking these numbers because when you first said Benny Snell carries, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, he'll, I'm like, I think he might have four or five. <laughs> how, how do I go with that one? Okay, what I could say is like, ooh, if I could go with a very wishful, wishful thinking answer and say, if the Steelers can, can you know, take care of business in this game and they get a lead, they might even want to just let Benny Snell finish it off and, you know, give Najee some rest. So maybe that's a dream scenario. So let's go over just for fun, just in case that could happen. But otherwise I would have said it four or five. So you did a good job with the number on a short week. Thank you, by the way, on a short week, I'm going to go over. I'm going to think he's five or six. I'm going to get five mm-hmm. or six to him next Pat Fryermuth receptions. So just catches on. I'm I've been disappointed in this regard. I'm going to say three and a half. Brian Anthony Davis over under. I could say five. So let's go over. All right. Dave? I was I instantly I was thinking four. So three and a half. You're right there. So I'll go over. I'm gonna go hopefully. I'm going over hoping that it's over because I wish they would target him more. Deontay Johnson targets. The number is ten and a half. Over under Brian. Absolutely over. He is because he had eleven last week, I think. He, he's got the Wi-Fi now. With the uh, remember the old Wi-Fi, it's back, and that's with I try Ben. To forget that Wi-Fi. I try to forget that Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, but they they are really their connection's really good right now, and he uh, I think Ben is viewing Deontay Johnson as a number one receiver and his top option. Dave, ten and a half targets over under. Um, I, I might as well go over. I'm just because I think. When in doubt, that's who Ben's going to look for. If not, he's going to have to look for Muth. So either way, I think those are going to be the two main guys. Uh, Claypool seems a little bit in Ben's doghouse. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. That's a that's a good number again. I'll, I'll go over. I'm going under. I think nine. I think mm-hmm. nine. Nine times. Okay. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers sacks of Mr. Cousins. I went with... Again, these are just some some of these games are just odd. I went with three and a half. Now that's what TJ did himself last week, but this is a different beast. Brian, over under. I'd actually like to say a little bit over with four. I'm not saying they're going to get the seven that he did last week. I wanted to talk a lot about TJ Watt, but I never got a chance to when I got called out for something different, and I never <laughs> got to talk about TJ Watt. So, um, but I, if he the could, floor is together, yours if you want to talk about it. I just want to say if he could pull together a game like he did last week again, and this might be a team that he could do it with a guy like Darisaw out and guys changing around, then he should be the front runner for NFL defensive player of the year. I know we're not talking about awards and stuff like that, but it's great to see. It's so fun to watch when you're a stat kid like me that I'm a different kind of stat guy than Dave. I'm a stat guy that looks at, okay, what's the record and how many do they get? I'm the guy that you're watching the Super Bowl with. It doesn't matter what team. And I'm saying, oh, that's a Super Bowl record on a kickoff return. And people are like, and nobody even appeases me by going, oh, really? No, they just ignore me completely because it's the stupidest thing I ever said. But those are things that I enjoy. And so for, for him, I knew way before, I know Michael Beck tweeted it out. I knew way before he did because I just didn't tweet it out because I was too busy, but I've been tracking this 16 for years. And just like I've been tracking 80.5 with TJ, which is going to happen next year. Yeah. We could see history. Am I right? If he gets just one, what a half sack, then he sets the new single season record. Am I right? Yep. 
And Michael Strahan, Strahan could be in his view. I hope he is. I don't like Michael Strahan. Okay, uh, so Pitts, Pittsburgh sacks Dave three and a half over under. I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm going to go with the numbers, and I want to say under. I would love to see the Steelers get to him more. I think they can. Um, the Vikings have not surrendered more more than three sacks in a game all season. They have surrendered the second fewest sacks in the NFL so far this year. Um, so, I mean, last week they gave up three, and that was tied for the most since week one. Before that, they'd only ever given up one or two or none. So I'd love to see the Steelers be able to to break that. I just, I just think it's a really big uphill battle for them to do it. I'm going to say under with three. So they would get three, but three and a half is the number, so I'm going to go under. Uh, let's go Pittsburgh Steelers takeaways. Uh, they had one last week, a little another Mink and Magic moment. Um, I have a one and a half. Brian Anthony Davis over under. Man, if I'm Dave's go west guy today, king of wishful thinking, I'm thinking they can get two. I think Minka could get another one. Cousins is, if you get erratic Cousins, if you get rattled cousins, let's put it more, and TJ could rattle cousins, you've got a strip sack possibility. And don't forget, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play either, then there you have Antonio Madison, who's not bad. Is he still on the team, guys, or is, am I? Uh, um, no, no, let me sure. look it up now. Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or is, is it Herschel Walker that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Walker, Herschel, mm-hmm. no? Yeah. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a backup is is uh, he's good, but he has the uh, the potential to get the ball knocked out by a guy like Cam too, or a guy like Wormley. So something could happen. Dave, over under one and a half. I'm going under. It would be great if the Steelers get one. The Vikings give up the least amount of uh, turnovers in the NFL. They've only given up nine on the season. Wow. They really take care of the ball. Um, so therefore, just getting getting one would be would be really good and really helpful. I was go I was going to go under anyway. So okay, now last one, Steelers turnovers. I haven't said it a half. Brian, do they turn the ball over this week? Yeah, they're on the road. They're going to turn over one time when Daniel Hunter sex. Oh, oh you, know, um, <laughs> you keep bringing this up. I, we are I, not. Just so I, we're clear, I, I, like, I can this see is not one. Big... All right. I, Go ahead, Dave. What, do what you was your number over? again? It was just One. a half. It was a half. I, I'm going. I'm going to go over. Um, I, I really want to see this team playing clean football. And to me, going on the road on a short week—if you only have one—that's a pretty good version of clean football. Um, it, most importantly, I would. I'm fine as long as the margin is is even. You know, just don't don't give it away more than you take it away. They were clean last week. They're clean this week. I'm going to go under. Um, okay. Let's do predictions. Brian Anthony Davis, I heard your prediction on the pregame show. I'm assuming it's still the same. Why don't you go ahead and talk it out here and give us your score? What's the line, Dave, by the way? It's still three? The la- uh, Let me refresh the page just to make sure that, yeah, the last I saw it was three. Um, it is still three, and the over-under is 43.5. 40. Gosh, they're good. Man, that's like my dream job, to set over-under lines. That would be awesome. Okay, Brian, anyways, go ahead. You know, this is tough for me because I've already contradicted myself on the article, the staff article, where I picked the Steelers, and then I just picked against the Steelers on the the uh, the pregame show. <laughs> he's, he's got so, it all covered. No matter what he yeah, does, no matter I, what the Steelers do, he's but, covered. But <laughs> I, I, I want to be 
because the more that I think about it, I'm getting excited about the Steelers team. But I, for some, something that keeps going back in my head is Kirk Cousins having one of those games, like a Ryan Mallett game, even though he's a lot better than Ryan Mallett ever was. All I'm saying is I just feel like he's going to have one of those great games and I'm not sold with the Steelers defense yet. So I've got to say 31 to 26. So we're going to go ahead with, with the Vikings on this, but I love when I'm wrong. And when I, when I do pick against the Steelers, I'm wrong. So let's go with that. There you go. All right, Dave, what do you think? Well, I think that a lot of people are like on, on the Skillbro show was putting in some pretty low scores because it's going to be sloppy on a Thursday. Sloppy doesn't mean always mean bad offense. Sloppy could mean bad defense. And to me, when you look on a, on a short week, if you don't have your full game plan, uh, to me, I say advantage Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger and advantage Kirk Cousins. You know, because he's he's a wily veteran, I I would definitely say. So I'm thinking it's going to – and I could be completely wrong here. And this is exactly what I said on Static Geek. I'm going to love it when it comes back when it's 12 to 10. But I'm going to go with a high-scoring game, and I'm going with the Steelers 31 to 23. Ooh, wow. Okay, you're taking that over big time. Yes, I am. But for like I was saying that I yeah, I, I get it. I, I get feel it. that that the the I mean, don't you just want to say, hey, Canada's going to speak into into Ben's ear, set up a formation and the package, and you go up and you read and you do what you got to do and you keep the offense moving on the field. Well, that, to bring that to my prediction, there are times and there's teams where I don't know much about them, like when the Ravens, when the Steelers play the Ravens or the Browns. Like, Fans, we know those teams so well. You can actually look into the team, the injuries, how it impacts them, what they want to do, how they want to attack you. I don't know much about anything about the Vikings, let alone on a short week when we're still giddy off of the win over the Ravens. So for me, what I do on these games is I take, okay, look at the positions, who has the better players. And probably nine out of ten positions, I'll take the Steelers players at those positions that are I feel are very important over those who I think are going to be playing for the Vikings. And because of that, I think the Steelers win. I don't think it's a huge game, but I think it's 24 to 20. The Steelers find a way to win 24 to 20 is my final score prediction. And that's been my prediction on this show. My show yesterday, let's ride. It's in the staff article. That's my prediction. Now I want to ask you all for a bold prediction because I have one, but I want to go first because I don't want anyone stealing my bold prediction. Okay. Y'all ready? Jordan Berry block punt. Steelers. Oh, is he still on the Vikings? I forgot yes, about that. He oh. is. Steelers <laughs> get in there, get a hand on a punt, and I can celebrate like they just scored a touchdown. Maybe it will be a touchdown. I don't know. But they're going to get to Barry. Maybe nice. it'll be like the Arizona Cardinals game where he gets just leveled. That would be great. Anyways, um, anyone else brought bold predictions? Did Brian, you have one? Ray Ray yeah. finally breaks one. Oh, that would be nice. I was thinking I'm about not that sure one whether today. It's I'm like... Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's return, he's but due. He, he breaks one. If if he does, then that's got to be a catapult to a Steelers victory. I am going to go with the bold prediction of the Steelers keep the lead the entire game. Well, that would be rare. That would be yeah. Rare. I like that's I like right. this it's bold. One. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I like this I, one from Steeler Chick. Steeler Chick forty six bold prediction. BTR scores a rushing touchdown. He's been tucking it and running it more this year than he has in a long time. Sometimes it's a broken play, but we've seen Ben take take off running before. Boy, 
It would be a throwback. It would be a throwback if he can get in the end zone with his legs. That'd be pretty cool. So Brian says my tree looks like it has cotton candy in it. No, they're just lights. <laughs> okay. Um, trivia. Brian, do you have some? I actually have one real quick. If if you guys can appease me at some point. Brian, do you have one? I actually do not this week. Okay. Let me run mine by you guys real quick, and then we'll go to Dave. So I talked about 2005 earlier and how the Steelers did play Minnesota in Minnesota during that magical stretch, the final four games. My, the question is, and I know that Brian's going to get this right away. Can you tell me the four teams they played in the final stretch to make the postseason when they were seven and five? You don't have Absolutely. to give me the order, although that would be really impressive. We know the oh, first I game. You, I can give you the order. Okay. Dave, do you know? Because it, um, I, I, It's going to take me a while to think of it. I'm going to, because I'm going back. I can tell you. They were paired up with the NFC North that year. I'll give you a hint. Yes. I, I, I know that Minnesota is, why do every time I say Minnesota, Minnesota. I sound like I'm from <laughs> Minnesota, you know, or Manitoba. Uh, there, there, there's not a, I don't know. Wait, don't tell a Minnesota that they're close to Canada. You don't want to say that. So uh, I, I'm going to say, was, was Cleveland on the end of that, of the schedule that year as well? They were not the last game, but they were on there. Well, that's what I'm saying, toward, yes, towards the end of the yes. season. So I've got Minnesota. I've got Cleveland. I've got... I'm you know thinking. the game that started it all at Heinz Field? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. Why can I not remember? No game. Okay, remember, this was when I was still coaching, so it was... Erlacher. Oh, yeah, I watched... Yes, yes, <laughs> I remember, because I watched that game... Uh, with a couple of guys from, from the church I was going to at the time because I didn't even live in Hagerstown. There were Bears fans, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. So they they beat the Bears, beat um, the Bears. At, at home. Yes. Then it would have been Minnesota. Was it Minnesota? Or they go to next Minnesota game? next. They go to Minnesota next. Mm-hmm. They beat them 18-3. to Okay. And then they go to Cleveland, 41 to nothing. I'll, oh remember the, I'll never forget the headlines. That was on Christmas Eve. It was season's beatings after that was the headline. I got the, the last uh, one because I remember. Re- this, I, I got to jump okay. in on this real quick. Okay. Brian was there. That that was the Debo. I mean, the Christmas Eve game was the Debo mm-hmm. spotty slamming a fan on Christmas Eve. Yes. yes. The suplex game. Yes. Yeah, the suplex yes. 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 Now, but Brian, you were at that week six, mm-hmm. week 17 game, right? The, yes, I was. The final game of the season. That was Jerome's last yeah. game at Heinz Field. I and the only reason I remember this, I'm pretty sure because it would have to be 2005 because it doesn't make sense any other time they were matched up against the NFC North. Is the one is that they had an NFC North game as their final game of the season, and that was the one year that they finished off with the Detroit Lions, right? But that had to be 05 because I, I I I don't think it was 09. Yes, it was, it was Detroit Lions. The final score okay. was 35 to 21. All right, Antoine Randall L had a. Uh, a t- uh, punt return in that game and once Bettis had three touchdowns and once again that's the uh, you've heard this ad nauseum that's the day I realized that I was in love with the uh, woman that would become my wife because when they were yelling one more year to Bettis after the third touchdown because everybody knew that was his last game I look over and a woman that never watched football but just started watching because of me was crying because they were chanting one more year I'm like alright she's she's mine I'm going to marry this woman I did. There you go. There you go. And uh, yeah, so that was that was a magical run. And and I just want to say, like, there's nothing to say that 
there couldn't be some magic in this team too. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind. Connor Eddie gives us four ninety nine, and I hate to say this, Connor, but we I already know how we're going to answer this question. What a waste of five bucks! Thank you for your contribution, Connor. Would you rather see the Steelers in the playoffs or get a higher draft pick? So Dave, go ahead. Who cares about the draft? This is about <laughs> winning. All you got to do is get in the dance and you have a chance to win it all. You get to the playoffs. Playoffs, 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 playoffs. playoffs. Talking about practice. Brian, what about you? You you won a higher draft pick, right? <laughs> you know, if this team's 0-16 and, and they're playing the last game and they win that, I, I'm still rooting for this team to win. Uh, th- that's just That's just how I am. I just don't think we're ever going to see it. So I don't think at this point with six wins that the draft pick is going to be as significant enough because you take so much away from feeling good. The reason we watch the Steelers is to feel good. We don't watch them to be mad. I mean, it happens. They make us mad. Sure. But we watch them to feel good when they win. I remember when they blew it by going three games out of four at the end of the 1988 season. And they won three out of four and they dropped down to, I believe ninth. And that's when they got Tim Worley, but Mm -hmm. I'll take Tim Worley just for the fact that I was rooting for that team. Now, who were other guys higher in that draft? Uh, Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, just to name four, you know? So, but you never know. If the Steelers do move up, they might take Tony Mandarich. You never know what's going to happen in any draft. And that's what could have happened in that draft. Or they could have taken Broderick Thomas, who wasn't a good player, who went number six to the Buccaneers. So with all that, I'm not thinking about the draft right now. I'll think about the draft after Valentine's Day. That's after the Steelers have their parade down in Orlando, Florida at Disney World and Super Bowl MVP Najee Harris is lifting the trophy on the convertible with Mickey Mouse. This uh, this fan base used to be a lot more hopeful that at least I remember it being more hopeful. I'm talking about back in the early 2000s, the late night, the late 90s. You know, I remember those teams, whether it was Cordell, a quarterback, and everyone just said, just get us in the playoffs. Just let us see if we can get in the playoffs and make some, do some damage. Now it's kind of like, oh, we're not going to win anything anyways. And I understand being jaded, but my goodness, it used to be a lot more hopeful. All right, Dave, trivia time. You have something? Yes, I do. Let's do it. I'm looking at Thursday games this season. Oh, and we've boy. talked about teams going on the road and having having to 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 win a game on the road on the short week. Now I included week one and we'll take it out later because right now there's been 15 games played on Thursday. What's the record of the, of the visiting team so far this season out of 15 games? I'm going to say that they've only had three wins. So you're saying three and 12. Yes. I'm going to see five and 10. I will tell you this, the three games on Thanksgiving, which were all technically Thursday games, <laughs> the, the visiting team won all three of them. The visiting teams are nine and six. Oh, this year. I, wow. I did not they know are that. nine and six. Isn't that crazy? I mean, honestly, um, the, the visiting team is actually, now, like I said, there was three on Thanksgiving, but um, the visiting team has actually won five straight Thursday games so far this season, you know, with, 
you know, so, but if you go back and take the three out for Thanksgiving, you're talking about three straight weeks of the visiting team um, winning, winning on Thursdays. Uh, the only team that was a home team that's, that's one or the one that, that's, that, that was the last home team to win on Thursday, that would be the Miami Dolphins over the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah. But what's also crazy is I think the NFL set this up this way because even though they're in out of 15 games, and I will tell you, week one was the home team winning one of those games. I'm throwing that one out because it's not a short week, if you know what I mean. So really, when you're talking about being on a short week, they're nine and five. So, but what, what the, the other thing that I can't believe is the visiting teams have actually been favored in eight of the 15 games this season. So the NFL has specifically done it to where almost like they scheduled the games where they expected the better teams to be the visiting teams to try to give them more of a chance. So I just, I just found that interesting. That's interesting. That's very interesting. All right. Good stuff. All right. Final thoughts time, Brian, go ahead. Just a couple of weeks ago, we thought it was going to be counting crows time. We thought it was going to be a long December and now it feels like it's going to be an exciting December with this team. They, This team is going to go up. They're going to go down. Hopefully, they're finding their momentum, and hopefully, they're going to party like it's 2005. But I've got to say, I am riveted with everything that this team is doing, and I'm glad to be a part of just watching it and commenting on it. Very good. Dave, final thoughts? Final thoughts. This is This is the biggest game of the season. Because it's the next one. And that's how the Steelers are having to been play this for the last. I mean, they put themselves in that position. It's the biggest game of the season because it's the next one and they're in it. So that's why it's it's a it's a big one. It's they need this one. Everything else, you know, it it it, it falls in much easier if you can get this victory if you're trying to look big picture further ahead. So let's not even do that. Let's just go out there you've you've proven that you can play hard and you can you know put forth the effort play with a lot of heart and how it how it worked out playing against the ravens so you've got to show that you can do that in back-to-back games even on a short week go get them sean manning gives us five dollars his mm-hmm. five-star matchup because we in it that's right that was the that's, slogan of 2008-2019 that had the toughest schedule in the nfl ended up winning a super bowl that year all right, that does it for us on the Steelers preview. Uh, some of us might be back for the post-game show. Uh, if not, make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so you don't miss a thing. Also, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. All right, Dave, send us out. Hey. All right, we'll be back next week at some point. And stay tuned if you're on YouTube because coming up in about an hour is Know Your Enemy. So check it out. Enjoy that get that with uh, Michael and Jeffrey and go to Neil Hunter. We'll see you later. Take it easy. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for two.